Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. Well, hello. Welcome back. This is episode 72 of the Profit and Prosper podcast. And this week, we are going to continue our guest interview series. This is interview number two of three that y'all will have coming out. We're going to continue by talking about content marketing. So this is something I've not really talked much on the podcast about, but I do think that it is really important. And when Amanda reached out to me and asked about coming on, I thought, yes, let's definitely talk about it because I've been having a lot of conversations over the last few months with y'all in the DMs and, you know, talking about scaling your business, talking about hiring a team and something that comes up a lot for people is that they feel like the next person they need to hire in their business is someone to run their social media. And this is absolutely no shade to social media marketers whatsoever But I think that a lot of times we're using those services incorrectly and people tend to want to outsource their content creation and social media management because it takes up so much time to get all that stuff posted and manage it yourself. Right. And I'm I'm totally in the same boat as you guys like this is something I could definitely be more consistent about. I have not outsource my social media um, as of yet. And honestly, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I may change my mind later, but I think that, you know, posting more consistently is something that I also personally struggle with. And, you know, the reason I bring up this idea of feeling like you need to hire someone to help you with social media is that maybe it's not the, that's not the only way. And the reason I, I don't necessarily always think that it is what you need, depending on your stage of business Because what I find is a lot of people are spending so much time on content creation and it's not actually generating sales. And so unless you go and hire someone who is great at strategy and can help you think of the big picture strategy for how your content is going to create sales, um, which is what is not what a lot of people hire for, right? You hire people to come in and just keep posting the way that you've been posting So until you have that big picture strategy of how to actually make sales from your content, then hiring somebody out to keep doing what you're doing is not going to result in more sales. So I thought it would be great to have Amanda on. And in this episode, you will hear us talk about all things content marketing. And so we'll talk about um, how to make it work all of the different things that you need to consider in your marketing strategy and in planning. We even talked a little bit about batching best practices and all of her recommendations that she has. So Amanda Warfield is a simplicity focused content marketing and launch strategist. 
She helps creative entrepreneurs and educators fit their marketing into their business without it taking over their business. And she also has a book that is coming out. It should be right around the time that this podcast episode airs. Um, The book is called Chasing Simple Marketing. And so in there, she goes way more in detail on some of the things that we talked about in this episode. So definitely go check that out. And I hope you enjoy the episode. All right. So welcome back to this week's episode, y'all. Amanda, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited to chat. Yes. So first things first, let's dive in and you just tell us who you are and what you do and the story of, you know, how you got into the business that you have now. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Amanda Warfield. I'm a simplicity focused content marketing and launch strategist. And I help my clients and my students simplify their marketing while coming up with a strategy that will also help them see that growth in their business. And I honestly got into all of this kind of by accident. I originally started my business to talk about simple living and capsule wardrobes and time management as far as just on the personal side of things. And over time, that just transitioned into content marketing and batching out my content so that I wasn't only ever creating blog posts because for the first two years of having my business, quote unquote, all I did was write blog posts at seed because it's all I had time for. And so over time it transitioned into, okay, well, how do I manage my time as a business owner? And then a dog peed on every carpet in our house. We bought our house and we moved in and found that the previous owner's dog had peed in every single room where there was carpet. And we have two cats. And we very much did not want them to mark over those spots and learn that it was okay to use the bathroom outside of the litter box. So we immediately tore up every carpet in our house and sanded down the subfloors, but we couldn't put new carpet in for about five, six months because we were remodeling the master bathroom. So there was no point putting carpet in while we were in the middle of remodel. So that led to me learning how to batch out my content and just figuring out a way because you know, sound quality is so important and subfloor is not it when it comes to sound quality for a podcast. And so I was laying out these blankets every single week, all over my office, all over the floor, all over my desk to try to create this better sound quality. And it got really old really quickly. And so then I said, well, by the time next month comes around, we should be done with this remodel. Let me just, let me record all of my episodes for one month back to back to back. And that led me down this entire rabbit hole of creating the system for batching. And when I shared about it on Instagram, people lost their minds. And from there, it just has evolved over the last few years into marketing strategy and simplicity focused marketing. So I love that. And I also have two cats, so I completely understand you do not want them to learn to pee anywhere because it's like- the second they learn, it sticks. I know it does. I won't tell you the story of my old cat and what she does. Um, So you also have a book coming out, right? Tell us a little bit about that. I do. It's called Chasing Simple Marketing, a crash course in content marketing for showing up, saving time and growing your business. And it's basically the foundational pieces of what marketing is for entrepreneurs in this space and how you can best leverage it depending on where you are in your business journey. It is the book that I wish I had when I first got started, because like I said, I was spending all of my time writing these blog posts and I wasn't, 
I wasn't growing a business. I wasn't really doing anything I thought I was, but I just didn't really understand what marketing was and how to best leverage it. And so this book is all about what marketing is, how to leverage different types of marketing for where you're at in business and how to simplify it specifically so that you're not spending all of your time marketing. Yes. And you sent me a copy of it and I felt so special that I got to look through it before, before this. So let's talk about some of the ideas that are in the book. And then when this episode comes out, I think you will have it available for pre-order and then it is launching on, tell me again, the date. July 26th. So if you're interested, you can head to Amazon and just search for Chasing Simple Marketing and you'll find it. Awesome. It is, I will tell you before we talk about this stuff, it is my goal to write a book one day. So props to you for doing it. I'm like, this isn't a 2023 or even 2024, maybe like a 2025 thing. Cause I just know like it takes a lot of work to put that together. It does. And it's a a much longer process than I anticipated it being. Um, And there there are a lot more moving pieces than I ever imagined. Yes. Well, good for you for getting it done. And I'm excited to see it come out officially. So let's talk about, you know, I looked, I read through it and I made some highlights. I want to talk about some of the things that stood out to me that I feel like people want to know. And so as you probably know, most of our listeners are women business owners in various stages of growth. You know, some are brand new, some are side hustling, some are more established, have been around trying to grow their business. You know, my main thing as a, you know, money person is I want people to be able to like pay themselves six figures to be able to like save and invest more money. And I think that having the right balance in your marketing plan is so important because what I hear people say all the time, especially when you're solopreneuring, they spend so much time on Instagram posting because they think that they need to be doing that. And yet it is not leading to sales. And then when I say, well, one of the things I teach is like who to hire. How do you hire some support in your business? And a lot of people will say like, I feel like I need to hire a social media person because this takes so much of my time. And I'm like, no, because if you haven't figured out how to convert, and we'll talk about this, like strategy and planning and all of that. Like if you haven't figured out how to convert clients from your, your content, hiring somebody just to keep doing more of what you're doing is not magically going to result in people buying from you, right? It's not necessarily like the quantity, which I know these like Instagram gurus preach. So I want to talk, I feel, I feel like specifically talk to that person as we like answer these questions, because it's such a big time suck. And like to build a business that you can sustain, we have to be smart about how we use our time, which I know, I know, you know. So one of the things you said in the book is how do we make your marketing, content marketing, simple, and also see growth. So tell me, how can you do that? The premise behind that is exactly what you were just saying, right? You you have to put out that content, although, and we can get into this in a bit, Instagram is probably not the place where you should be focusing your energy, but we have to put out this content in order to market our businesses. We have to market our businesses, period. If you're not marketing your business, you're not going to have a business. But We cannot spend all of our time and energy marketing our business because it's a part of our business. It's not our entire business. And we have to also have this time to move the needle in our business, to see that growth, to serve clients well, to onboard new clients, to offboard, to take on these bigger projects like a book or even just creating a new workshop, right? There's so many different things that we need to do to grow our business. And 
content's not it. it. It's a part of it, but it's not all of it. And so we have to simplify in order to make space to see that growth. And that's where a lot of the solopreneurs and side hustlers run into issues is that you're spending so much of your time on that content creation hamster wheel that you just don't have the time to work on these growth strategies to get visible in other ways, to move the needle with these different projects and to serve your people really well because you're spending all of your time marketing. And so we have to simplify the content so that we can focus on these other things. Yes. So let's talk about how do we do that? So one of the other things you talked about is that content marketing is not enough, right? Like you just said. So what is enough? You want to also be able to add on these different growth marketing strategies. And in the book, I go over which strategies are best depending on what phase of business you're in. But there are essentially three different phases. You've got the content creator phase, the foundation builder phase, and the established entrepreneur phase. And when you're in the content creator phase, you're that newer business owner, you're probably a solopreneur or a side hustler, and you really are focused on marketing, specifically content marketing, because it's low cost and it's easy to do. You don't have to invest a bunch of money into content marketing, which is why we all love it so much as entrepreneurs, right? You're probably spending most of your time nurturing your people through your content, but if you want to see growth, especially in the future, you have to be building relationships with other entrepreneurs, with other people in your industry and other people in aligned industries that have the same audience as you. And so that's where you want to focus your growth marketing is simply building relationships at that time. It doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to take up a ton of your time. But if there are people you know you want to connect with and maybe potentially collaborate with one day, you want to start commenting, engaging you know, interacting with them through social media and also finding different places in person to meet up. If you're in the foundation builder stage, you have established at least your one core offer. You know who you're talking to, you have an idea of your messaging, and you've got that one foundational offer that you know that you can get clients with or sell virtually, whatever that looks like for you. And so, yes, you're still creating that content marketing and you're trying to show up consistently and you're working on building out those other pieces of your value ladder. But when it comes to getting visible, you've got to bring in new people because as you're selling, if you keep selling to the same people over and over and over again, they're going to leave, going to not buy, and they're going to get sick of hearing about it. You have to expand your audience in order to bring in new people to continue nurturing with your content marketing. And that's really the key, right? Your content nurtures your people. It's not going to grow your audience. So this is when you start leveraging those relationships, trying to guest on podcasts, trying to write guest blog posts, trying to do Instagram lives with people and leveraging those relationships that you have been working on building to say, hey, I would love to serve your audience. Here's how I can serve them. Here are some different topics that we could talk about. Are you interested? And then you move into the established entrepreneur phase where you really have those, here are my offers, here's how people move up and down my value ladder, and here's how I can serve other people. And that's when you move into these larger growth marketing strategies, when you're paying for ads, when you're trying to do speaking engagements, JV webinars, all of these different things that are more time consuming and frankly, probably should wait until you really know what it is that you're doing and who you're serving and how you're serving them. And you're able to move into these larger growth strategies to really start bringing in more and more and more people. Yes. So you have the content, right? And it's not one of those, like, if you post it, they will come. 
Maybe occasionally people will find you, but especially on Instagram. And we all know, like, there's just not really great reach, um, despite what the people say on Instagram, like there's not really great reach for new people. Maybe TikTok still has that. Um, that is like a whole new world for me, like trying to figure out TikTok. It's been really fun, but also like a little scary. Actually, story, I had a post several weeks ago that started to go viral and oh my God, it was overwhelming. I had to delete it because it was just like, I was not prepared. I was not prepared for that. Um, but TikTok, TikTok has mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They really are like the comments. I'm just like, I was not prepared, but also the potential to go viral is, is there. And there's not nearly as many, like, it's not nearly as saturated right now, but that could change because it's getting to be bigger unless, you know, it decides that we decide to ban it or whatever. That's like a topic for another day. If you're enjoying my podcast, then you are going to love my exclusive weekly email series, Profit and Prosper Millionaire Mondays. As a business owner, you have limitless potential for the amount of cash flow you can create in your business, but your journey to building wealth might not feel all that straightforward. To convert your cash flow into real wealth, you need to do a bit of planning and strategizing so that you can be wealthy and be well, reaching financial independence and eventually retiring or relaxing early at your lake house, which is my plan. In my Millionaire Mondays email series, I share tactics and strategies for using your business to generate your first million dollars in net worth in the same approachable way that you get in the podcast. Sign up for my exclusive emails for free at profitandprosper.co forward slash millionaire. So you have to have the content strategy, right? To post consistently and then also a growth strategy. And so if you are brand new, then you're figuring out in that content creator phase, like, tell me if I'm wrong, but you're figuring, you're really figuring out the messaging. You're testing out new things. Um, I think that's a barrier to a lot of people, probably in all stages, right? Of like, I don't know what I want to talk about. And so they feel like it has to be this like perfect post to put it out there. But I think it's a really great time to like test out, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what I talk about in the book is that that content creator phase is the time to experiment. And a lot of times when we're starting out, we think, oh, well, if I want to appear professional, I have to have these perfect posts and I have to seem like I know what I'm doing. And so we try so hard to make everything seem just right. When in reality, that is the very, very best time to really experiment with what you're doing. But so often when we're solopreneurs or side hustlers and we're just starting out, we're thinking, oh, experimenting is for the established people. One day I'll be like, no, right now is the best time to experiment, to throw spaghetti at the wall and to figure out who you're talking to and how you can help them. Because we all typically come into this entrepreneurial space with a whole lot of gifts that we have no idea how to connect them. And we always see people who are like, well, I'm just, I'm multi-passionate. I'm not going to niche down. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And it's like, Every single one of us, you're not an entrepreneur unless you're multi-passionate because why would anyone decide it was a good idea to wear all the hats we have to if you're not multi-passionate, right? The problem is, is that we don't know how to connect all of those pieces and it just takes time of putting out content and figuring out 
how you can connect all of those different gifts that you have. And so it is a great time to really experiment and to play around, which is why you're not really focused a ton on visibility. You're focused on building relationships for future visibility, but you're just playing around with your content at this point and figuring out what that messaging is. And to your point earlier about not seeing the growth, that that's something that I often see with clients that they expect their marketing to be a growth strategy. And it's not. You can see growth with it, but if your expectation is that you will, you're never going to see the growth you want to in your audience size. Yeah. So you have to do the growth strategy too, right? Which is in the early stage, like you said, building relationships, not cold DMing, not being like really icky about reaching out and trying to force feed people what you're, you're selling, but like genuine relationships, both online and in person. I think people don't, I think people want to skip this phase because it, it does take a lot more of your time, but I think it's, it's crucial, right? Because you have to figure out, like you said, who you're working with and what you're selling and what that messaging is that really resonates with people before you go blow it up in some of the later stages, because if you don't have your messaging figured out and you're trying to reach a huge audience. If you're trying to run ads, like it's going to be really expensive and probably not work well. It's something that we want to skip because there's not an instant ROI, right? It's just simply building relationships. And exactly like you said, we're not doing this connect with five new people today kind of tasks. We're not doing that. We're saying who is in my industry that I would love to connect with. And then you follow them on social media and you look at their content and you engage with it and not in a, Hey, let me tell you about myself and what I do, but in a, Oh, Hey, Sarah posted about her two cats. I also have two cats. This is something we have in common. Let's talk about it. You know, it's truly building friendships is really what it is versus let me make sure I connect with 10 new people today and leave comments on 10. Don't do that. That doesn't serve anyone. And it really is not going to serve your business. No. And I will say like, I did this, um, you know, like a challenge of like, I want to reach out to a hundred people in a month and not in like a, leave the same copy paste comment, but like find people who I have something in common with, like in the industry, in a related industry, who we work with, where we live, right? Like, Hey, I'm also in Charlotte and I'm a business owner. I would love to connect, right? Like finding the common ground. And I've done it. I did it twice, two separate, like individual challenges both times, even though I wasn't directly trying to sell them, I ended up getting at least 50. I think once I got a $50,000 contract out of it. And once I got a $60,000 contract out of it, like it is legit, but it takes the time. It takes time to like plant the seeds, right? Exactly. Yes. So talk to me about what is strategy versus planning when you're thinking about marketing. Cause I think I agree with you. You wrote this in your book. Like people don't understand the difference. Yeah. And they're they're used interchangeably and they are two different things, right? Whereas a plan is what you're talking about and when. It's I'm going to post on my Instagram story on this day about this topic. And I'm going to post on my Facebook feed on this day and this topic. That's a plan. There is nothing that connects it really to anything that you're doing. You're just pulling things out of thin air because a lot of times we start with the plan and we skip the strategy. The plan is the exterior of a building. It's the decor. The strategy is those inner structures that's going to hold it up. It's the not so pretty steel beams that are holding that skyscraper in place, right? 
the strategy is where you have to actually begin before you can create the plan. And your strategy is based specifically on what your business goals are, what your revenue goals are. And so you have to do revenue mapping and sales mapping and really break down where do I want to take my audience? Where, what do I want them to eventually purchase? And that doesn't mean we're selling in all of our content very far from it. But if you don't know where you're leading them, you're not going to be able to lead them anywhere. And all you're going to have is a bunch of random content thrown out there. And so you figure out where you're leading your people, use that to create the strategy, and then you create the plan based on the strategy. Can we talk a little bit more about like, somebody's like, oh, the strategy, that seems like a lot of these big picture questions. Maybe we've thought about it, maybe not. Like, how can we start creating a strategy? You start with what is your revenue goal for the year? And maybe that is simply you want to make $5,000 and that's your goal. And that's great. That's your goal though. You start with your revenue goal and you break that down into, okay, if I want to make 5,000 for the year, let's do 4,000 for easier math. If I want to make $4,000 for the year, what do I need to make per quarter? When you're starting out, you're probably just going to split that evenly. I, my goal is $1,000 a quarter that I'm working towards. If you know that you need $1,000 a quarter and you only have one offer, then you take that one offer and you say, okay, let me map out my sales that I need. So $1,000 a quarter is not simple math at all. Let's say you need to sell two offers, $500 a piece, right? That'll get you there. So you need two clients for to hit that goal for that quarter, right? And you take that and you go, okay, well, I know my exact number. I need two. That's it. So how do I create content around that specific offer using where my people are, what their problem is, and how I can help them to create content around those different pieces and lead them to, I can help you. I have this offer that can help you and lead them into that sale. So you have to know that big revenue goal. You have to break it down. And then you have to know exactly how many of each offer you need to sell. Yes. I think that... I do that. I mean, I'm all about numbers, right? I think it's helpful to know, hey, if I need two new clients, if I'm doing sales calls, I need to book, let's say if I close about half of my sales calls, I need to book four sales calls. How, what are the specific, not messages in terms of like DMs, but like messaging, right? Like what are the things that I'm going to get? Like, how am I going to ask people book a call? So I feel like sometimes people are like, they'll tell me, I don't have any calls booked. I'm like, have you asked? Have you said, hey, I'm booking calls? Like do that, right? And sprinkle that throughout without being sketchy. And then like you said, building the no like trust factor of like, what is the journey? What are they asking when they first come to find you? When they first come to my my page, Sarah, like, what am I about? What do I do? Who do I help? How do I do it? And then once they, you walk through, I'm going to say it wrong, but like, unconsciously unaware, consciously unaware of the problems. And then what is it? Unconsciously aware. And then consciously aware. Did I say that right? You've got to walk them through the customer journey throughout your content. And so what you just said about asking for the sale, essentially, that's so important. And that is something that we never want to do. We always try to brush that off. So make sure you're actually doing that because if you're not asking people to get on calls with you, you're not saying, Hey, I have X many spots. You're not going to get the calls. But on top of that, you have to walk people through the customer journey. And within your content, this doesn't always mean that you're doing it step by step by step by step, but you're sprinkling these different types of messages throughout. So you have problem unaware, 
problem-aware, solution-aware, offer-aware client or customer. So when they're problem-unaware, they don't know what it is that they really are struggling with. For example, maybe they think that, oh, well, I just don't have time. I need to hire a social media manager because I don't have time to do all of this content. When in reality, the actual problem they have is that they're not being strategic with their content. They think they're the problem that they're the hold up, but they're not being strategic is the true problem. So they're in this phase of problem unaware. You have to let them know, hey, social media managers not actually going to help you because of X, Y, Z. And you have to talk to the problem they have. Hey, are you looking for a social media manager? This is why you might be looking for it. Yada, yada. Do you think it's going to help? Talk to that problem. But then you have to transition it to, okay, I know you think that a social media manager is going to help, but actually this is your problem and they're not going to be able to help you. Then they're problem aware. Once they're problem aware, you have to bring them to solution aware. So, okay, now you know that your actual problem is you're not being strategic. How do you get strategic? And so you put content out around that. Then they're solution aware. And at this point, they're probably feeling, oh, at first I was really excited because I figured out what my true problem was. And now I'm feeling despair because I have to do the work. And that's where you come in and say, you want to do this? I can help you with these five easy steps or with X, Y, Z that I offer. And here's how you can get into it. And so then you're making them offer aware. And from there, you close the sale. You ask for, hey, let's get on a call. Let's go check out the um, sales page. Do whatever it is that you're trying to sell and how your mechanism for selling. And then you use your sales mechanisms, which is different from marketing, to close the sale and to get people into that client or customer role. Yeah. I want to throw in one little tip. So I do a lot of DM conversations on my Instagram because I am an established entrepreneur. I have ad strategies like it's about DMs, right? Some people listening probably found me by doing that. And what I love about it is that it enables me to start these conversations with people. So, you know, the ads are doing the work of finding the people and if they're a good fit, like if they're, if they're resonating with the problem and the solution that I talk about in the mini course or whatever they've found me from, like, then we start this conversation and something that I have to practice still, even though, I mean, I've been in business four and a half years, like I've sold, made a lot of sales, right? I still have to practice the skill of converting them over. And so something that I find really helpful is like, if you do these conversations and your content is creating conversations with people, whether it's in comments or you're reaching out and getting into DMs, you know, I'll ask people like, Hey, you commented on this post that I did about not being able to pay yourself. Like, are you feeling that right now? Why are you feeling that? And I try to cap it at like just a few probing questions to really like see like, what is the problem they're having? It also sneakily is a great way to get my messaging because I can use their exact words <laughs> that are not my words. And then I say, well, hey, you know, I have to limit the number of like the conversation that I can have, not because I don't want to help. I just like only have so many hours in the day to spend in DMs. And so I'll say like, hey, well, this is exactly what I help people solve. If you're interested, I'm happy to share how we do that. And always ask for permission because I think it feels less sketchy to do that way. But like practice, like if you have conversations with people, like we're talking about doing practice, like see if you can guide them through and then say, Hey, would love to chat about it. Get on a sales call with me after they give you permission to share, right? Like 
to, to feel less gross about selling. I think that that personally helps me a lot um, to both like bring them through into my sales mechanism, but also feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you illustrated so beautifully there the difference between sales and marketing because the marketing is doing the work for you so that you just have to do the selling. Yeah. And that's where we want to get. Um, but again, I'm an established entrepreneur. Like you may be in the content creator phase or the foundational phase and are not quite there yet. And you will get there eventually. So the last thing I want to talk about is batching because that is what, you know, people love to hear from you. And before you give us some like tips on batching, I want to say this. Do you know anything about human design? No. Okay. So I personally find it really interesting. It's not a personality test, but it is in the realm of like, it tells you about like how you work and how your energy works. And it has been more informative for me than Enneagrams, the Myers-Briggs, like any of it. Super interesting. Okay. Go Google it. I actually have a podcast episode, like 62, maybe 63, where I talked to somebody about it, but I am what's called a manifester. And what I find really resonates with me is like, I just like to say what I'm feeling in the moment. And when I think about bashing, I don't know, like two weeks from now, 30 days from now, like what on earth I'm even going to want to talk about. So you may notice if you look at my Instagram, I am not consistent because I don't have a social media manager and I realize like I need to be consistent. And so what would you say to someone who's like me, who's like, I just don't know what I'm going to be feeling like, and I don't want to box myself in. It feels like restrictive to bash things out like that. I say this with all the love in the world, but your marketing's not about you. Your business is not about you. It's about what your audience needs to hear from you. And this goes back to the strategy thing and the importance of mapping out where it is you're trying to go. Because when you do that, you already know what you need to talk about two weeks from now, because you need to be leading people towards whatever it is that you've outlined in your revenue and sales mapping that you need to be working towards. And so that's always my biggest thing with clients and students that are like, well, I I like to create in the moment, or I like to make sure I'm feeling it. It's like, well, that's great, but your marketing's not about you. Your messaging's not about you. It's about the people that need you and need you to serve them through these offers that you already have. Yes. I totally know that. I know that it's just like, it's hard, right? So tell me about, you know, to batch ahead. Um, I do this with my pod. Well, I don't always do it when I'm on top of my game. I batch out podcasts. So I like to be at least like a month out. I feel much more secure in my life when my podcast is batched out and I just don't do it for Instagram yet. Um, so talk to me about like, how can we start batching? The biggest thing that tends to be a roadblock for people with batching is that they've tried it in the past and it didn't work. And it didn't work because they weren't actually batching. A lot of times when we think batching, we think, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write four blog posts today. I'm going to write all my blog posts for the next month, right? And we sit there and we write the first, we outline the first blog post and then we write the first blog post and then we edit the first blog post and then we schedule it. And it's been three hours and we go, how am I supposed to do three more of these today? There's not time. I'm exhausted from doing all of that work already. And I just don't want to write anymore. And so we stop. That's not batching. That's just sitting down and creating a lot of content all at one time. Batching is instead of doing it by content piece by content piece, you have to go step by step. So if you think about it like 
creating a batch of cookies, right? If you're baking cookies, you don't mix the ingredients for one cookie and then roll one cookie and then bake one cookie and then cool one cookie, right? No, you're creating a batch. So you're sticking all of the ingredients for a full 12 cookies in your mixer and you're mixing all 12 cookies and you're rolling the dough out for 12 cookies and then you're baking 12 cookies all at the same time. We have to do that with our content too. So step one is to outline all four blog posts and then you very rough draft all four and then you edit all four and then you schedule all four and you don't try to do all four in one day. You break it out through a week or a week's worth of work because we all work different hours, right? But you break it out throughout the week, step by step by step. And not only does it save time, just like, you know, you can sit there and bake 12 different cookies for 10 minutes and that'll be 120 minutes, or you can bake 12 cookies all at once for 10 minutes. It saves time in that regard. But when you get into the psychology of how your brain works, we don't like task switching. We think we do. We think we can multitask and we think that it's no problem to go from thing to thing to thing. But in actuality, our brains work best if we are doing one thing over and over and over again and if we're task batching. So if you sit there and you outline all of your content at once, you're doing one type of task over and over and over again, you're going to get into a rhythm and it's going to be a lot faster versus if you're going from outlining to writing to editing to scheduling, that's using different parts of your brain for each of those steps. And so if you're trying to go from task to task to task to task and then starting over again at the top, it's going to take you ages to get through all of that. But if you can say, I'm writing really crappy rough drafts right now, you can knock those things out in two hours, honestly, or less for four blog posts and get them out and get them done. And then you set them aside until the next day and you go in and edit with a fresh brain and you're able to say, okay, well, I'm going to edit all of these. I'm going to do this one similar task all day long and I'm going to get it done and move on to the next thing. Yes. So that's a really great point. And I'll give you another confession. I actually had, I must've had 50 reels. Like I worked with a video editor to like get it filmed, get them edited, get them captioned. And I've posted some, but I still have a lot that I have not posted. And the reason I've not posted them is because it's overwhelming to me on a day-to-day basis to have to like write the caption and recreate the cover and like do all of that. And so I'm like, okay, maybe this could be Sarah's foray into batching for Instagram and TikTok is like, okay, I'm going to take an hour and just write captions. Like, well, maybe take some and like pick the posts would be my, my, tell me if I'm like missing a step. Right. But like pick the ones that I want to post in the next week or two, then separately write the captions for all of them, then create covers to go on all of them. and then actually get them posted. Did I miss a step? I don't think so. No, that would be all of them. My only caveat there would be you're going to get the most bang for your buck with batching if you're batching a month's worth at one time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you think about, oh, well, my kid got sick or I just don't feel like it today (laughs) or whatever it may be. When you're batching, you're setting aside a week and all you're doing is creating content for that week, especially for those that are solopreneurs and side hustlers that don't have team members, right? You're setting aside that week, but then you're gaining three weeks each month where you don't have to create content. You don't have to think about it. It's going out for you. So you can be behind the scenes, head down, working on moving the needle and growing your business and building relationships and doing all those other things we need to do for our business and not worrying about content because it's going out 
for you versus if you're doing it every single Monday, you're like, okay, Monday's my content day. What happens when you miss a Monday? Well, now you don't have content for this coming week. You feel behind and you have to decide, do I work on marketing or do I work on all these other plans that I had? Do I serve my clients well or do I work on marketing? And that leads to this whole feast and famine cycle that we would all really love to avoid if we could. That's a really good point. How many posts should, and I'm using air quotes, should we have in a month on any social media platform of your choice? However many you can create within that week's worth of work. So if you work five hours a week as a side hustler, you've got five hours to create a month's worth of content, period, point blank, that's it. And this is one of the ways that you can simplify your content and that I really recommend is that you put out less content than you think you need to. Show up in less places and show up less often. You don't have to show up all the time in order to be consistent. Consistency and constancy are not the same thing. And so if you're only putting out one really great podcast episode a month, that's way better than putting out a few sporadically that are eh throughout the month. Yes. Okay. So y'all listening, um, by the time this comes out, it'll be probably mid to late July. Go look at my TikTok and my Instagram. And if I've been posting consistently, then I successfully ex- executed on batching. <laughs> we'll put this out for some accountability. And if I didn't, if I'm not posting consistently, feel free to send me a DM and say, Sarah, you said in the podcast episode with Amanda that you were going to start batching and you didn't. What happened? feel free. I do well when I have people to come and um, lovingly harass me. So I feel like I could keep asking questions because I think this is an area where people like, it's just so easy to get swept up in the Instagram gurus, the people whose job it is to grow on Instagram, like their full-time job is to create content and they tell you to do one thing and people just don't realize like that's not your business model and what they're doing may not work for you. And it's just easy to get swept up in that. It's not your business model. Also the ones that are, you know, platform specific gurus, a lot of times it's their job to get you to create more content. But on top of that, a lot of these people that we're looking at as the experts in whatever area, they have teams. They have massive teams. And so they're not creating the majority of their content. They may create the the base of it. You know, if it's a podcast episode, they record the rough it and then they say, okay, you edit it, you create graphics, you schedule, you get show notes. Like they're outsourcing all of these different aspects of it, which means they can create significantly more content in the same amount of time than you can. And so when you are doing it all yourself or even most of it yourself, it does take time. And so you have to be cognizant of that, of, okay, well, they're saying this is best practices. And sure, the more content you put out, the more likely you are to be visible, right? But we have to find that balance of, I can't only put out content. I have to also grow my business. And also I cannot only put out content because I don't have the capacity. I don't have the ability to put out as much content as these people are saying, and you burn yourself out and then you're not showing up at all, which means you're not, you're not visible. And you're not yeah. being seen. Marketing so important. So you have to be consistent and you have to show up, but that doesn't mean you have to show up to best practices. You can yes. still have a really successful business without showing up to best practices. Yes. Sorry, that's a whole soapbox, but that, it is no, but it's so true. And if you burn out on spending all the time to do, you know, 
five posts a day or whatever, like you're also not taking the time to do the other things that actually move your business forward and help you make money. You're not outbuilding relationships. You're not serving your clients. You're not giving them the best of you. You're not taking care of yourself. Like there's so many reasons not to do that, not to listen, just take all of these things, like take them with a grain of salt, I guess is what we're saying. Absolutely. So this has been really good. And I so appreciate all of your knowledge and sharing it. Um, the last question I always ask guests is about a life upgrade because, you know, we think about money stuff. I want you to be responsible with money stuff, but let's also talk about what the, what your business has allowed you to do to upgrade your life outside of just the responsible, you know, I put money into my IRA or whatever. So what is a life upgrade that your business has afforded you? It's the flexibility and the time freedom, 100%. Um, When I first started my business, I was teaching. And for any of you that are teachers out there, you know that you get time off, but you get time off when you're told you get time off. And outside of that, it's really hard to take vacation days. Well, my husband was in the Navy at that time. And the Navy told you when you got time off and you didn't get much of it. And we kept running into these issues where my husband would have time off, but I wouldn't, and I couldn't take time off. So we were just missing each other or I would have time off, but he couldn't take time off. And so we essentially had the Christmas season each year where we were both off every year. And that was really it. Um, and so we were craving this flexibility and now I'm no longer teaching and he's no longer in the Navy, but he does have a really wacky schedule where he's on shift work. And so every week is different. And I have the ability to match my schedule to his. I have the ability to, when it's like, as we record this right now, he's asleep. And when he wakes up around noon, I'm going to stop working for the day and be done and go hang out with him. When he's off on a Wednesday, I don't need to get work done because I can work on the weekends instead. So anyways, again, a tangent, a whole soapbox, but the time flexibility has been the greatest blessing of all. Yeah. I was a teacher for two years before I went to get my master's in accounting. So totally get it. There's a reason I don't still do it. (laughs) There's a reason I only did it for two years. Um, that is a whole other conversation for another day. Um, what's your favorite thing to do together when in your time off I'm asking, Um, um, because I needed like (laughs) husband date ideas. We do a lot of going to USC games. Um, but USC is in the original USC, the real one in Columbia, South Carolina. Okay, wait, um, where do you live? I'm in Aiken, so I'm not far okay, from you, actually. Okay, so that's where my undergrad was from. So go Gamecocks. Yes. Stop right now. Yes. So we were teachers. We have two cats, and we both are apparently South Carolina graduates. Y'all listening, this is hilarious. I can't tell you, like, I could cry. This makes me so happy because no one is a Gamecock fan. Um, So we spend a lot of times going to the football games and the baseball games and all the, all the sporting events. Um, And then we do a lot of golfing and um, I'm terrible, but I like to be outside, but not outdoorsy. So it's a good way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so my husband was a, he played golf in college. So he's amazing. Okay. And I am the least athletic person you've ever seen in your life. So I'm like, I want to take golf lessons just so we can like get on a golf cart and go out and I can like spend some time doing something. I just feel like he, even if I take lessons, I feel like he's going to be annoyed at me (laughs) being slow. At first, my husband was, and he had just realized that like golfing with me is going to be different than golfing with his friends. And so we like 
golf at a place. Well, we live in a town where it's mostly older people. And so they all go out first thing in the morning and we'll pick times later in the afternoon. So it's okay if we're going slower. I'm not holding people up. We'll let people play through if anyone's behind us. Um, the first few times he was a little frustrated and I had to be like, listen, you're still going to golf with your friends. You're still going to do your own. Like sometimes he just goes and plays by himself. It's like, this is just going to be different. And it's just low key and relaxed. And he's come to really enjoy it as a different type of golfing. But um, yeah, we had those yeah. moments at first where I was like, I'm, I'm not good. I'm not, I have zero hand-eye coordination, which you need for golf. <laughs> um, and so, and I'm slow and it, it, it took a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Y'all this has turned into a relationship podcast. Um, also, my husband was in the Marines. Just another fun Stop. fact, not the Navy, but like he was in the Marines. I wasn't married. I didn't date him at the time, but this was like before he met me, but still. So anywho, did we just become best friends? Because I feel like we, we did. Me? Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, y'all, let me get myself like refocused. So no, honestly, like this was super helpful. Just all of the, all the stuff, like I said, is something I see people spending time on that they don't necessarily need to not in a smart way. Like let's spend our time smarter. Let's, let's be smart about the strategy that we have and how that, you know, allows us to show up. But at the same time, like, don't be perfect. Like don't wait until you have the perfect strategy, the perfect messaging, just to start putting stuff out there. Cause I think it, by putting stuff out there, it will help you develop the strategy. So what what we do is just like, think of what is your overall marketing strategy? How are you going to bring clients in? test some hypotheses, right? Like, I think this will work. Let me test it out for a month and see what happens and then evaluate. So this has been super helpful. Tell everybody where they can find you and your book. You can find the book on Amazon, just search Chasing Civil Marketing and it'll pop up whether it's on pre-order or if it's after July 26th when this airs, you'll find it. The best place to connect with me and build relationships is probably Instagram. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield over there. And if you love listening to podcasts, I also host my own called Chasing Simple. Awesome. Well, it was so good to have you. Thanks for sharing all of your knowledge. Um, We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Subscribe wherever you listen and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at CFO on Instagram so I can give you some love and I'll see you in the next episode.